Shalom. This is Reverend John Ferret, and I wanted to welcome you to video two in the series where we're doing a Bible study on the Sabbath. We're doing a Bible study about Shabbat. Shabbat is the Hebrew word for Sabbath. Now, this is video two, and I hope many of you have already watched video one and here in video two we're doing this in three parts short parts uh 15 20 minutes long so that you can actually just click on the video and watch it in a short sitting rather than there for an hour or 45 minutes or so now in john 5 39 jesus says that all scripture testifies of him now, he says this probably between 24 to 30 AD. Now, all they had at that time was the Hebrew Scriptures. You might know it as the Old Testament. There's nothing old about it. It's the Hebrew Scriptures. Now, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, the Bible is broken up into three divisions. So the Jewish people would understand three divisions of the Old Testament. The Hebrew Scriptures. One of them would be the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Remember the letter T. Then would be the prophets in Hebrew, Nevi'im, N, T, N, Nevi'im, the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, etc. Then the writings, like Psalms, uh, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, those are the writings. And that's a K, Ketuvim. Actually, it's not a K. It's a special Hebrew letter that sounds like a K. It's a Chet. So we have a T and K. So for instance, I do have a Hebrew Bible with me. And you can see there on the screen that it says Tanakh. Well, Tanakh is an acronym to really describe the three divisions of the entire Bible. That will play um, a little bit of a role not only in this video, but also in video three as well. Now, the foundation of the Bible in Jesus's day was the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. So Jesus says that all scripture testifies of him. Therefore, we have to ask the question, where is Jesus in Torah? How is the Torah testifying of him? And since the rules and regulations and the introduction to us of the Sabbath, Shabbat, is in the Torah. And all scripture testifies of him. How does the Sabbath, how does Shabbat testify of Jesus? Now, in video one in this series, we already saw that Shabbat is the greatest of God's feasts. You go to Leviticus 23, you'll read about the eight feasts of the Lord. Some people call them the Jewish feasts, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, and so on. But they're not. It doesn't say Jewish feast. You read Leviticus 23 right from the start. God says they're mine. And in video one, we saw that the Shabbat was the greatest of all of these. So if so... The Shabbat must reflect Jesus by Jesus' own words. He's God. This is the very words of God. But how? Now, for me, 
I have been a member of traditional Christian churches where the people would say, for the most part, that Sunday is the Sabbath. And basically what I really got out of it was the Sabbath was going to church. Going to church was the Sabbath. That's kind of it. Now, over the course of time, I also attended and was a member of various Messianic congregations. And here, the people are practicing what we would call the biblical Sabbath, like the Jewish people have practiced for thousands and thousands of years, which starts on a Friday evening at sundown and lasts till Saturday at sundown. However, no one in either of these congregations has ever taught me the, the deeper significance of the Sabbath and what it meant. I remember recently, probably several years ago, where I learned in a book from a great Jewish scholar, Abraham Heschel, where in his writings he said, we must realize that Sabbath is not about going to church, or if you're Jewish synagogue, it's about time. Sabbath is a 24-hour period of time, and it's not about going to church. So we need to return and study the Sabbath, and we need to see Jesus in the Sabbath. We need to see the connections between the Sabbath and Jesus, and Jesus and the Sabbath. And I'm telling you, when we see these connections, I don't care whether you're a Messianic believer who's doing Shabbat like Jesus would have done from Friday evening to Saturday evening, or whether you're a Sunday church participant and you say that Sabbath is Sunday, both of you believe in the Sabbath. But when we see how Jesus is connected to the Shabbat, it's going to change everything. And my hope is that it will so that for us we will return to the sabbath the greatest of god's appointed times the greatest of god's feasts so that our understanding will be enriched our understanding will be deepened and our practice of the sabbath will show forth the glory of god as we come to him in Jesus' name so you're ready to begin? Come, let's go. Jesus' day, they did a blessing. And this uh, blessing here, uh, I stole, okay? From a blessing that's in the art scroll sitter. However, I changed it, the Hebrew, so that it's uh, one for believers who are believing and walking in Jesus, amen? So I'd like to uh, have you repeat after me the transliterated Hebrew, and the blessing is on the back. So let's say that together. Baruch atah Adonai. Baruch atah Adonai. Eloheinu. Eloheinu. Melech. Melech. Havilah. Havilah. Ashir bakar banu. Ashir bakar banu. Mikol ha'ami. Mikol ha'ami. Ve'natan lanu. Ve'natan Et torato. Ve'nevuim hatovim. Ve'nevuim hatovim. Ve'natan lanu. 
And as one group of disciples following Jesus our Lord, let's say this together as one as one family. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all people and given us his Torah and the good prophets and given us the goodness of Messiah Jesus and given us the new covenant. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the words of truth. So I have spoken here to Grace Seventh-day Baptist twice before, and as you notice, the focus has been on the Sabbath. Now the first lesson I did was based upon the very words of God. And with the very words of God, you can check this out, we show that what the Torah is teaching, what God is teaching, is the Shabbat is the most important of all the feasts. Now, I'm using that word feast here because it's not in the Bible. The actual word is moed. Say moed. Moed. Okay. Plural is moedim. Appointed times. Okay. The Sabbath is one of the eight. Some people say there's only seven feasts. And they say Jewish feasts. They're not even the Jewish feasts. Leviticus 23 says, God says they're mine. Okay. Uh, the Ten Commandments were given to the Jewish people at Sinai. But we say they're ours. Okay. So the feasts are ours too. At any rate, when we take a look at this, uh, that first lesson is on the fact that the Bible really clarifies that the Sabbath, the weekly Sabbath, is the most important of all of those. Bigger than Passover. Bigger than Yom Kippur. Now in this session, what I hope to do is continue with our focus on <coughs> Shabbat. But this time, I would like to say, where is Jesus in the Sabbath. Where is he? For instance, we go to Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17, and I'm using the Archaeological Study Bible from Crossway. This is the ESV version. It's just the <coughs> English Standard Version. But when we're here, and Paul talks about it, Colossians 2, 16 through 17, he says this, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And so here's Paul teaching about, perhaps, the kosher laws, the uh, rituals in terms of what is clean and unclean in terms of eating, talking about the Moedim, the festivals, new moons, and the Sabbath, and they're saying these are shadows of things to come. Yeah, because why? When were they given? Okay, Paul is probably writing 50 A.D., and we're talking about 1400 B.C. or 1446 B.C., around that time, when all of this was given at Sinai. So they were shadows of things to come. And who's the shadow? Jesus. So the question is, Paul seems to get it. Okay? Paul is suggesting that we should see Jesus in the feast. Where? We're in one right now, today. The Sabbath. Not the feast, because it's the appointed times. So how does the Sabbath testify of Messiah? Now let's go to another scripture verse, John 5.39. 
which for me is probably one of the most important, one of the most important verses of the Bible. And in John 5.39, Jesus is talking to the Jews. Because that's in John. It's a very interesting study. I highly recommend that you go home and you start with the Gospel of John and you go through every instance of that phrase, the Jews. Okay? And when you do, you'll find out who he's talking to. He's not talking to the Jews. He's talking to the chief priests. He's talking to the scribes. He's talking to those who wanted to kill him. All Israel did not want to kill the Jews. So you have to go through that and understand how he uses that phrase. It's a very interesting Bible study. Anyway, he's talking to the Jews, which again is going to be the chief priests, it's going to be the scribes, probably a bunch of Pharisees as well. And he's basically saying in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because you think uh, that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness of me. Now this is interesting, because I always say, Jesus said this between 24 to 30 AD. I give that wide range. Um, to show you where you could get this from, I'm going to go, because you, you can. nobody's asked me why. How can you justify that? Well, I'm going to justify it today. Okay. If you go to John chapter 2, same gospel, and you go to verse 18, Jesus is talking to, guess who? The Jews. Okay. And he's not talking to Israel, he's talking to the scribes, the chief priests, the Levites, the Sadducees, and so on, okay? Those who are really opposed to him. So in John chapter 2, and starting verse 18, the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It, was take, it has taken 46 years to build a temple, and you will raise it up in three days. Now, what's interesting here is, when you study the archaeology, and you study the historical context of this phrase, okay, Josephus tells us, and other sources tell us, that Herod began the construction of the temple in his 19th year of reign. But we know the year Herod started reigning, 37 BC. Therefore, his 19th year, when did he begin? The 19th year would have been 19 to 18 BC, somewhere in that time period. We'll give it a year, 19 to 18 BC. Well, if you take 46 years and you add that on, you come up with 26 to 27 AD, which is interesting uh, because I have an argument that says Jesus died in 30 AD, not 33 AD. And this is part of the argument, though there's a lot more to it. So it's interesting when we take a look at this, that this is about 24 to 38 AD. I'll give, the, I'll give it a range, uh, because again, John's Gospel is not chronological. Okay, it's not a newspaper account. And so uh, it could very well be that we we're reading in John chapter 5, and it could be years later, okay, or it could be earlier, and so on, because it's not a chronological account. So we'll give it the 24 to 38 AD. So Jesus is saying, all Scripture, wait a minute, all Scripture... What scripture did they have between 24 to 30 A.D.? We would say, the Old Testament. I don't like calling it the Old Testament. Oh, it's so old, you know, I don't want to deal with the old stuff. Okay, I call it the Hebrew Scriptures. Because that's the Bible that Jesus had and he used over and over and over again, the Hebrew Scriptures. So, Jesus is teaching us, okay, 
that you will find them in the Old Testament. Oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, Hebrew, the Hebrew scriptures, you'll find them. Okay, there. So, so, we come back to the question. Okay, let's take a look from Yeshua's point of view, from Jesus' point of view. How does the Sabbath testify of him? That's what he said. Okay. From Paul's point of view, and this is where I get my title, how is Yeshua a shadow over the Sabbath? <laughs> now this idea has been a focus for myself and my wife for 19 years. Example. I wear someplace over here a TT, a test. Jewish men wear four. I wear one. Okay? I do this with a very specific purpose in mind. Alright? I don't wear four, I wear one. I'm doing a Jewish thing, but I'm not. What's the Jewish thing? Wear four. I do one. So for me, I have a very specific reason. Because my rabbi did it. And a disciple wants to be like their rabbi. So this is Christian to me now. I'm for one, not four. Jesus wore four. I'm doing one because I want to be like him. So if you ask me, that's what I will tell you. So in other words, it's become Christian to me. And I bless the Jewish people for the meaning that they have as well. I am not criticizing that because I think it stands equally because it represents God's word, represents his Torah. Oh, yes, I believe in that. Okay, but I'm not Jewish. I am not going to do what they do because I'm not Jewish. It's not part of my culture. So I'm a Christian. I'm Polish. Definitely not Jewish. Okay. But I do Shabbat because I found out that Shabbat, the Sabbath, is not Jewish. God says it. Leviticus 23, it's mine. Whoa. Okay. So if all of the festivals, the Moedim, the appointed times, are his, and he gives it at Sinai, okay, to me, I wonder how the church, you know, today even says, well, we should do the Jewish feast. But they're not. Well, we, should, we don't have to do Jewish stuff. No, you don't. But all the things that you do, I'm sorry, Christmas, that's not in the Bible. Okay, Easter's not in the Bible. Pesach is. Sukkot, and they belong to, why can't we have a praise and worship session on those times? Okay, and to find Jesus in it. So if for my wife and I, we're looking for Jesus in everything. Because he said it. He's God. So therefore, you've got to find him. So we do the Sabbath because it belongs to God. We also do the Sabbath only for the simple reason that Jesus did it. And again, how do we see Jesus? Now, I want to um, talk about a few that we've come up with. And matter of fact, uh, this is our liturgy book. We've actually created a Erev Shabbat liturgy book. And so if you were to be at our house for uh, Friday night Shabbat dinner, uh, we go through this. And we don't call them the shadows of Messiah over the Sabbath. We call them the remembrances. 
And we have seven remembrances in here, and they're all based upon the very words of God. So we do this every Friday, every week, every month, every year. I don't know how many years we've been doing this. We go over the same thing every week, over and over and over and over again, because we need to be reminded over and over and over again who is Yeshua and who are we in him. So we do this and we repeat it. We do this to our kids. We repeat it over and over and over again. And we love it. So these are our remembrances. They're all based upon the very words of God. And for me, I always would like to say, oh, I wonder what the disciples, how did they see Jesus uh, in the feasts? Okay? Um, they knew John 5.39. They knew the Sabbath. They did it. They were Jews. Okay? How may have it been for them? The Bible silent. Okay? I wish Matthew would have written some articles, maybe in Biblical Archaeology Review, uh, or maybe Christianity Today, and Matthew saying, this is how we saw Jesus on the Sabbath after he rose, you know, ascended to the Father. But he didn't. So these are uh, ones that Robin and I came up with. I believe we'll probably uh, understand how they did that. I just hope they have a seminar on John 5.39 when we get there. Okay, I got a lot. This is so cool. When Jesus, what did you mean? Okay, and then he'll probably take at least a thousand years to explain it. That's going to be a good Bible study. There will be breaks for coffee because I know coffee must be in him. <laughs> so Rob and I, when we do this, uh, we do our liturgy, and it's based upon Jewish practice, but we changed it. I'll give you an example. Uh, we're always looking for Jesus in, in this stuff. We had a wonderful uh, young lady who came over uh, to our house with a number of other young people. They were far younger than we were. We had a wonderful time, and we were going to do Erev Shabbat. And she was a scholarly young woman. Boy, did she know the Torah. Brilliant mind. And we always had great discussions. And she was the one person, of, one of many people in my life, because she was so scholarly that she's always added to, to me and my learning, and for Robin as well. At any rate, I'm doing the blessing, okay? And so I'm doing the blessing, and Robin is going to light the candles. So we do this Jewish ritual, okay? But again, like I said, we want to make it Christian. Where's Jesus in this? And so I do the blessing. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has commanded us, to kindle the Sabbath lights. So I say that in Hebrew and also in English. She looks at me and she said, now she waited until everything was done. She said, why did you do that? And I said, what do you mean? She said, there is no commandment in the Bible, none, where you're supposed to kindle the Sabbath lights, none. And I said, continue. For everybody's sake, we had a bunch of people there. She said, that is rabbinic, made up by rabbis. Okay. And in the Jewish culture, okay, they listen to the rabbis almost as if it was the word of God. Why are you doing that? Because you're actually stating something that's not in the Bible. Oh. So, I got very disturbed. Okay, because I'm always looking for Jesus in this. And I thank God for a website called Hebrew for Christians. And a guy by the name of John Parsons. You can Google that. So I went in, I said, John, you got to help me out with this. I wasn't talking with him, and I went into Jewish blessings. So we came up with two, because he's a Christian. 
So here's the two that we have that we stole from him that are in our book, okay? I give it credit to him. The first one, Robin, and, and Robin will say either one of these. I'll tell you which one is your favorite. Do you hear Jesus' name in there, Yeshua? So in English, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified those commandments and gave us our Yeshua, the Messiah, the light of the world. Oh, I like that one. Okay, here's the other one that we stole. So Robin has a choice of two. Did I say that pretty good? This is her favorite. She knows this. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has made us holy through his word and has given us Yeshua, our Messiah, and commanded us to be the light of the world, which he did. Okay? So this is based upon the very words of God, and all of a sudden the blessing now becomes Christian. And again, not to take anything away from the Jewish people. They don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah or the Savior and that type of stuff. I understand. Okay? And so I bless them with what they do, but I'm making Shabbat ours as Christians. So anyway, we won't go through all that. So we change the blessing on the lighting of the candles. And so we're going to take a look at five shadows, five remembrances that we have actually incorporated in here. And to me, I think that it is very possible that the disciples may have seen the same thing. But again, we can't, we can't say that for sure because they didn't write anything. Okay. So, oh, just, i just give you the first one. This is a quick one. Okay, you got to go back in here. This is one of my favorites. Okay. And I'll show you where it's coming from. The first remembrance, I'll read it. We'll stay with it here for a minute. As God rested after the creation was finished, after all was accomplished, and Adam and Eve were able to enter the Shabbat rest with the Father, so too Yeshua said, it is finished. And we're now able to enter the Shabbat rest of Messiah Yeshua. Adam and Eve, new creatures. They had a new life. We did this just before. They're going to do Shabbat with Yahweh. So it's the first time, okay, and for us, we're new creatures in Christ, yes? It started, and now we're in the, we're in the Sabbath rest of Messiah. And guess what? The Sabbath rest of the Messiah is not one day. It's forever. Wow. You talk about a Shabbat. Entering his Shabbat quite definitely. So the first shadow is based upon that statement. Let's take a look at the first one. God rested after creation was finished and his work was done. He didn't say it was finished, but it was done. Adam and Eve spent the first Shabbat with Adonai. So we go to uh, Genesis 2, uh, verse 3. And let's see up here. And in Genesis 2, verse 3, we read a very interesting verse. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work with that he had done in creation. Problem is, the Hebrew is problematic. Okay? So I'm going to show you what the problems are, and this is what I'm about to do to you, is a valid translation, equivalent to what I just read, and maybe equivalent to what's in your Bible. Okay? But the Hebrew is very problematic in here, and it could say this. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he ceased 
from creating all the work that was still yet to be done.